0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Jerry and I are planning our shows through the end of the year as we approach our five year anniversary. I think you're going to find the shows to be even more riveting than before. Good news stories about our work, our network, and our neighbors. Information about our progress and steps you can help us make and gather the resources we need to create a food secure state. Right now, if you're like me, you're probably tired of the mailers from candidates, endless commercials on TV filled with accusatory statements about each other's opponents, messages about how someone you don't know and never will is fighting for you. We have folks running who are fighting like hell and others fighting like heaven. We have outside money pouring in and yet candidates asking you to help them raise that last $10 that will help ensure victory. And meanwhile, we get disinformation, misinformation, and countless contradictory messages about proposals that guarantee rights for some by taking them away from others. It's an us and them scenario. Them and us. It just makes us all a bit tired. I search the news and I get opinions. I look for opinions and I find heresy, deniers. And truth, it seems, are all at odds with one another. It all seems far from what we need to do to be better, to do more, and to break the cycle of poverty and disparity that plagues our nation. The good news Jerry and I are not quitting our day jobs and running for office or becoming newscasters, but we are here to unpack some news and get you up to speed on three hot topics that are impacting our work and future right now. Jerry and I are going to share with you about the Michigan Harvest Gathering, a 30-year tradition across the state, the election, and why it matters to our work. The current state of food, observations from the folks that help us get the food to the families who need it. These hot topics and more, next on this edition of Food First Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson in the WJR studio. Jerry, great to see you. You're looking awful dapper over there today.
1: Well, I got some important stuff going on today, doctor. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm dressed for it. That's really the truth. Uh and happy to be here. Always great to see you, and always great to be talking about uh, some pretty some pretty interesting topics. And uh, and also, you know, eager to to think ahead about some other things we know we're going to be covering coming up. So all that's really good stuff. Yeah. So let's
0: dive into the deep end of the pool, as we say, and uh, and and pick pick some of these things up. So Jerry, uh, we're kicking off here uh, over the last couple of weeks, and it'll extend in. Toward Thanksgiving, uh, an event, a campaign that that our longtime listeners are going to be aware of, and uh, but if you're new to our our uh, growing audience uh, of of here on WJR as well as on the podcast at foodfirstmi.org, dot org, then uh, you they're going to know about the Michigan Harvest Gathering.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a amazing thing when people come together and and see what they can do and and of course that's part of what is the lifeblood of our work it's it's that so many people in the community know how important it is to make sure that everyone has Enough food, right? And and we do need that to thrive, right? The, there's lots of discussion about how to do it and what's the best way to do it and how do we make sure the right people are getting the right food at the right time, all really important conversations. But there's hardly a soul out there that believe the words child and hunger should ever go together. Right. Right. So so Michigan Harvest Gathering is a great way to, again, draw attention to the fact that we still have some work to do and uh, and we're doing it, Right. Right. And I think, too, that the
0: Michigan Harvest Gathering is a, is a, is an ability, is a, a time of the year, but it's also, um, uh, particularly as we move toward election season and November into Thanksgiving, uh, those two things kind of <laughs> seem to not fit together, you know, elections and Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's a time where we can look at uh, and again, coming from the White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health, you, you you didn't see bipartisanship, Jerry. What you saw was nonpartisanship. Hunger is not a partisan issue. Now that whether you're talking about who's hungry, they don't hunger doesn't care if you're how you vote, if you're liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever you might be. Hunger doesn't care. And, and, and at the same time, n- neither should any of us, no matter how we identify with what or who, should care. What we should care about is what you just said. Two words that should never go together, children in hunger, our seniors in hunger, our families in hunger, should never go together
1: in this, in this nation right now. Well, we know that solving hunger is significantly less costly than allowing it to continue. We see it in education. We see it in healthcare. We see it in, in the workplace where, where if people are not able to make ends meet, even when they're working, they're going to come to work tired. They're going to come to work cranky. They're, you know, and, and eventually they're going to say, why am I doing all this work and I still can't afford to feed my family? So we've got some, some pretty significant reasons to end it. And and it's a lot less expensive to end it than it is to see, than it is to have it continue.
0: And, and Jerry, let's unpack this for just a moment: the difference between hunger and being food secure.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know we had our strategic planning meeting recently with all the all the food bankers and and our our wonderful board of directors that are not actually running food banks but doing other work and bringing their wisdom to the table, and uh, and. It was astounding to hear the wisdom in the room. But one of the things we talked about is if you, if you give people food, you are addressing hunger right now. You're addressing hunger right now. But if that food isn't consistently available when people need it, and they still live with the toxic stress of not knowing where their next meal is going to come from, then you haven't addressed food insecurity. You have addressed hunger but not food insecurity because food insecurity involves that worry and what you like to call the toxic stress and and I think it is and so our goal in in the food bank council of michigan is to not just address hunger, but put the systems in place that truly address food insecurity. Um, our, one, our, our, our colleague Kirk Mays said, you know, when you call 911, you know what's going to happen, right? You're, mm-hmm. Someone's going to answer the call, and, 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 you know, whether it's a, a, an ambulance or a police officer or whatever it is that you need, someone is going to address that right now. We don't have something like that for food yet but we're building toward it so that there's no reason anyone would would have to wonder if if they can get food or not and not just any food but food that's you know that that's healthy and nutritious and appropriate for their family all those things are important and to to imagine a world where we know that there will always be a place to get our next meal from that's a pretty that's a pretty amazing idea yeah and it's possible
0: Right. We believe it and we're working toward it. So what you're saying to me and to our audience is that it takes food to address hunger today. Right.
1: It takes something else to address food security for tomorrow. And I think those are systems, right? That's the When we talk about who wins when we win, we're talking about building that system with the people who benefit and not just hungry people benefit from solving hunger. I mean, again, education benefits, healthcare benefits, businesses benefit. And so all of us who benefit when hunger is solved have to put our hand on the plow to solve it. Businesses it, benefit.
0: The state of Michigan, the United States of America all benefit
1: when hunger comes off the table. Right. And so, you know, Michigan Harvest Gathering, right, is our chance to bring all these sorts of people together to keep this top of mind and remind us all, yeah, we benefit when this problem is solved. Our community benefits when not just hunger, but food insecurity is solved. And so let's keep at it. It might take some time, but then let's get to it,
0: you know? Right. So here's how you get to it. You go to feedmichigan.org, and there's a couple of options there as we move through the Michigan Harvest Gathering campaign, and one of those is You can uh, make a donation to the Food Bank Council, and that'll go toward a statewide impact regarding hunger and food insecurity. You can also pick the food bank that serves your area and make a direct donation to them through this link. But here's the really cool thing, Jerry. You can also do some shopping at FeedMichigan.org, and you can shop for the items that the food banks across Michigan need the most And you'll get the most value for your donation because our food banks are great shoppers and they know how to stretch your dollar. And it's anywhere from $1 creates the value for three to six meals. And I think that's a pretty good return on investment.
1: I think it is, too. The best deal in town. And, of course, our, our food banks all need food right now. Whether you're you know, serving the community in the UP or whether you're serving the community in West Michigan or Southeast Michigan, all of us need more food right now. The inflation is having a big impact. And so uh, a dollar provides six meals is a pretty good deal at a time when it's very much needed.
0: Well, that's a pretty good segue into the next segment where we're going to pick up a hot topic uh, about the election that's upcoming and, and uh, who's running and, and why that matters and why it matters to our work. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And we're both back with you in just a moment. contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in our studio. If you're listening via WJR, thank you. If you're a subscriber on our podcast at foodfirstmi.org or Apple or Google Play or iHeart or I don't know where else we're at, but... They can find us, I think. I think you're right. So it's uh it's great to be doing this show, and as I said in the monologue, we're moving up on our five year anniversary, coming right up. Who 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 would have who would have who would have thunk it? Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, Jerry, uh, important times here. Uh, we talk about policy is key to addressing food security, creating that across the state. Certainly, a strong emphasis of the work at the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Um, there are some who think that that should be, you know, about ninety-eight percent of what we do. <laughs> there, I mean, there's there's a little bit of other stuff we could, we probably need to be involved in as well. But but certainly, it is very important. But here's what I here's what I think I know. I don't. I'm not sure I know this. This is what I think I know. The only time things really change is through relationship. And I think that building relationship with the people who hold office, who hold sway, both both administratively in state government and in federal government, but also elected officials in federal and state, you have to build relationships with people if you really want things to change.
1: Well, I don't disagree in the least. And I, you know, when you think about the election process, you hear people talk about feeling like, oh, none of the candidates that I want ever get, you know, put forward. Or maybe they'll say, I don't feel like it matters if I vote or not. Uh, because, you know, what's important to me doesn't doesn't show up in hmm. these types of things. And so, you know, I think it is really important. And, and it the first part, Of empowering yourself is to exercise your right to vote. People fought hard for that for a long time and went through agony to get the right to vote because that is what enables your issues to come forward. You can say, Well, I voted for a long time and I don't feel like that's happening. All right, then. The, the work we do together to highlight issues like food insecurity and to call out people who are helping us in this work is how those issues come forward. It's, it's not something you can just sit back and expect somebody else to take care of. You've got to know who supports these issues and make sure that you vote for them. That's how your issues are going to be in the front lines. That's really a great statement. You have to know.
0: So the only way you're going to know is if you ask. So at the Food Bank Council, we ask. We ask a lot of people who are running for office all across this state, what's your take, what's your position on the issues related to food security and people, families not having enough access to the right food that they both want and need? And that takes us into an entirely different conversation than if we're talking about the distribution of emergency food, right, that we talked about in the first segment there. So I think that you have to ask, and I encourage everyone hearing my voice to ask, excuse me, Representative, do you have a position on food security in Michigan? are in, the, in this district. Excuse me, Madam Senator, do you have a position, excuse me, candidate for governor, for secretary of state, for attorney general, do you have a position on the issues related to food security? Because there are a lot of issues,
1: Jerry, that impact our ability to create a food secure state. Well, that's for sure, and that's why we keep bringing more people into the conversation. I think your point about, you know, you have to ask, and people will say, well, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I think, you know, one of the ways you do it is is you go to their websites where they give you an opportunity and you send them an email right off of their website. Sure. Whether it's a candidate or whether it's an elected official. And you ask the question, do you have a position on food insecurity and how it impacts the residents of this state or this district? And you will get a response. Right. You will. They will respond to those inquiries. But But every legislator the governor and everyone who holds office has a place where you can interact with them some kind of way you just yeah. google them and right. you'll find it you know it's it takes one or two steps at the most and well, that is a really good step it's something you can do it also lets candidates and legislators and people in the governor's office and other elected officials know that you're interested in this, and the more people that are interested in it, the more likely that issue is gonna come forward. So this is a little bit of a call to action for all of you listening to take a moment now, just a moment, Pick a candidate that you're interested in and just ask them, either through their own website or maybe you've got their text and you got their phone number on your phone. That's even better, right?
0: Well, but, well but, you know, you'll have it because they're texting you asking for that last $10
1: <laughs> to ensure victory. But, but it is, you know, active participation in government is something that makes the, the system we have beautiful. It's, it's And yeah, is it frustrating? Yep, it really is frustrating. But, but frustrating or not, it's something we can do, we need to do, and now is the time to do it. Well, and I think, you know,
0: for important positions like Secretary of State, you know, in my mind, the candidate that is giving the people who have been disenfranchised, who have suffered through disparities the opportunity to engage in a in a in a fashion that is easier for them to do so i mean we talk about the families that we're serving here that they are managing more with less most of us are managing more with more and they're managing more with less so the candidate that that creates opportunities for people to engage in the process i think that's the right
1: candidate well i again it is, the, it is the beauty of our system is that it is participatory government. We have, we have more power than we think. And the only thing or the biggest thing that robs us of that power is our belief that it doesn't matter. That is really, if we believe it matters and we act like it matters, it matters. And we can say this as people who are in this work and who work with the governors and who work with the legislators all across. It doesn't matter. Democrats, Republicans, independents and everybody else that we encounter. Right. It matters to them when the community participates. It sure, matters. It and it, does. it elevates the voice of the people who are active and so we're asking you to be active and that doesn't have to take, you know, hours and hours and hours. A simple email asking what is your position on food insecurity will be amazingly effective.
0: I I agree with you. That's a great that's a great place. We'll stop right there, Jerry, but there's a lot to say about this election. We're never we're not I am not a one issue voter, but I do have some key issues that are important to me i mean we're both giving our one handful of life exclusively to this work to create a food secure state so it's important and i'm asking i'm going to continue to ask and you know what when i get the answer i'm going to i'm going to help them stay accountable to what they say and what they promise and what they believe should do but i will say this in closing the segment that access for food And access to the voting opportunity and responsibility, they kind of look like parallel roads to me. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back in just one moment. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Thanks, everyone. We're glad that you're with us. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here on uh, your Food First Michigan show. Started in this studio, you sitting in that chair, me sitting in this chair, almost five years ago. Mark sitting in his chair because it really wouldn't happen
1: without Mark. That's the honest (laughs) truth. (laughs) When we say award-winning, we're really talking about Mark. (laughs) There's no (laughs) doubt. No doubt.
0: So, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey. We're going to have, we got some special thoughts and plans coming up as we move toward that anniversary date. But Jerry, um, thinking about, um, progress, you know, we're, we're kind of in a, in a pinch right now, I would say as, uh, just to, just to kind of frame this conversation up on this hot topic, the state of food here in Michigan, since we've come out of the pandemic, um, we kind of leveled off there in regard to people coming to our our pantry network and our distributions. And now that's been kind of trending upward over the last six to eight months. But food, uh, access to food has been trending down. Uh, and one of the things I, I don't know if I get this exactly right. I guess I should check my facts and I think I'm about to. But Gleaners, as uh, one of our seven Feeding America food banks, distributed somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million pounds.
1: Just, just north of 47 last 47. year. Yeah. All
0: right. So I'm rounding. Um, and, and at one point here, I was having a conversation with you and your um, very spectacular chief operations officer, Julie Beamer that you had less than a million pounds of food in the warehouse available for distribution so if we're we're thinking about weeks of the year here you you don't have much more than a week's worth of food
1: in the warehouse right now yeah that is true that is true um and and part of the reason is because we do a lot more healthier food which turns faster right so Mm -hmm. we do a lot more milk and produce than we've ever done 42-43% of our distribution milk and produce and so you don't expect to see that stay right that comes and it goes right now but we also have the shelf stable items that everybody needs to have some on hand right when we talk about food insecurity which we did earlier we talked about anxiety and stress related to not knowing where my next meal is coming from if you've got you know Spaghetti and spaghetti sauce in the pantry that relieves your anxiety. Macaroni and cheese, or or maybe you've got you know oats and and uh, and honey. You know maybe mm-hmm. that's what you've got in your pantry. What but did you call me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but in any case, that's another topic, Doctor. We'll we'll take that up, uh, you know, at the end of the wrap-up. But but in any case, uh, you know, the 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 bottom line is your pantry is, or or maybe it's your freezer. Uh, those are the things that give you a little more comfort. You've got something that's gonna that's gonna be there when you need to take it out. You know, that's the that's the part that's really, really short right now, as short as I have seen in my time at Gleaners, really. Um, So so you say, well, my gosh, what you know, what's causing that shortfall Um, that, you know, fundamentally, it is a it is a change in in how this work is being resourced, primarily by the federal government, which which stepped up in a big way sure. during the pandemic, but has now stepped way farther back, mm-hmm. and and really has had a, a major change to the system that they're working through to get food, and has not adapted well to that change. and And it's been enough time now that we've got to keep calling our our government officials to to really um, move the needle the way that only they can move the needle. And that is to make the resources available in new ways if the old ways aren't working anymore. So so kind of a long answer, but that's what's causing the shortage. We just had a town hall with over a hundred and fifteen different agencies that we work with and and some funders were there and 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 some other folks who are interested in wanting to help um, to to try to get a bead on what people are seeing now and what we got to be prepared for in the midst of this crisis? I want you to
0: unpack that that town hall meeting, and I think that was pretty spectacular for for you guys at Gleaners and for the folks over leadership over at Forgotten Harvest to pull this together. But I want to I want to I want to comment quickly on the Fd on the USDA situation. Because when I was in Washington, we had a, a conversation with um, Undersecretary Stacey Dean, who's been on this show um, and is from Michigan. Uh, go blue. So um, <laughs> she, uh, we, we did have the conversation. And I had an opportunity, Jerry, to speak to the gentleman who actually is the lead purchaser for USDA commodity programs. Uh, the food that we get to distribute across the communities, and um, and he gave me a, a Cliff Notes, the Cliff Notes, Cliff Notes version of what they're experiencing. And the bottom line is, he's desperately trying to change the business model. Um, again, we talk about things that haven't changed on this show, like the federal poverty measure in some 60 plus 70 years hasn't been modified. Neither has the purchasing model for big government contracts. And so this is a heavy lift. He gets it. And again, I don't think we can fault anybody's uh, intentions or their heart or the value they have. It's just a big
1: system to change. And and, and agriculture is a big system to be part of. I mean, and there's been a lot of changes in in the external things that affect sure. those internal systems, right? And so those communications and relationships, as you so eloquently said earlier, are all part of what has to move in a different direction. But what do you do in the meantime? What are the short term wins? How do you you know? That's yeah. where we got to focus our energy and say, okay, while we're changing these big systems. How do we get the little wins right now that we need to have?
0: And I, I would say this too. The administration has has, has put some money out um, through some different grants that are administered by the Michigan Department of Education. Um, and some of these some of these grants are being applied in a way that I think is very helpful to our work and to the neighbors that we're trying to help across Michigan. Uh, some of them could be uh, you know, laid out a little better. A little a little straight more straightforward that would really help us do the work but one of those I want to I want to mention is the local food purchasing because we're having trouble with with the massive amounts of food that comes from the USDA that's not currently coming there is a, a money available to the state to purchase locally so that normally means smaller growers uh, what they call uh, what's called BIPOC, growers, people of color who are growing uh, smaller farms all across. And, you know, that's a pretty smart strategy because you cut down a lot of transportation cost and delays. <laughs> you know, what? one thing I didn't realize is that cardboard's up like 28 percent. Right. You know, so that guess what? All these things come in a box. (laughs) That's exactly right. So, I mean, there's lots of things here that are impacting the supply chain. But if you can buy it local, then that's that that solves some of those issues. And it's one of the strategies to help us, you know, weather this 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 downtime from the food coming from the USDA,
1: well, I think of, you know, obvious things for us in Michigan, you know, when I think about dairy and and small dairy farmers and how for for many years they've they've really struggled to to make it. Um, you look at buying local and you think about all the dots that get connected when you start, being able to access small dairy farmers in a different way, in a more organized way, and in a way where they have a decent market for their product, now you've got livelihood. You've got taxes coming into small towns that can now do more With their school or with their community center or with the parks and rec department or whatever it is, you know, all those things are connected. Michigan is a hugely important agricultural state. It drives a big part of our economy. And I know we've talked about just that on on a show a while back, but fundamentally buying local really does more than just uh, for food banks, anyway, make sure that the community is well fed. There's a lot of dots that get connected there that help the community all the way through every single person who who needs to be successful. so I really do I really do think that buying local idea has a a ripple effect that that that's not just about feeding hungry people
0: right. I agree. I agree. So you guys had a town hall. I'm gonna, I think we're going to take a quick break here and pick it up on the other side, if that's okay with you. Uh, the town hall was a spectacular idea because you really got to hear from boots on the ground about what's happening, what people are thinking, how they're feeling, and what they're concerned about uh, as we move into uh, the next phase of the calendar. He's Jerry Bassan I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're glad you're here with us. We're going to come back and be with you in just a moment. We're back here, Dr. Phil Knight, Jerry Brisson, CEO at Gleaners Community Food Bank. I think everybody just says Gleaners, right?
1: Ah, uh, that's you know, Gleaners is great. Yeah, and we love Gleaners. And you're Jerry from Gleaners. That's on, what it is, right on, there. On TV and on Twitter, everywhere you look, Jerry from Gleaners. I'm gonna pop up, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's uh, comforting and scary at the same time. You know. <laughs> i'm just teasing um but yeah you are on twitter you're on social media gleaners is all over that as are all of our food banks so i would encourage you to find those on instagram facebook twitter um you know we used to be on tiktok here on the show but you know we got off of tiktok for obvious reasons but <laughs> well, we just, can't dance for one yeah, thing you know, that, 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 <laughs> thanks for saying that out loud uh but you know we're we're um we're on all the social medias at all of our food banks. You can find us at, at Food Bank Council of Michigan. Google that. We'll all pop up. And um, and then you can find all the other food banks as well. Jerry, the town hall, you guys got some good insight, I think, from the people on the ground that are serving families all across your service territory I think that this is going to resonate for all of our food banks across the state. What did you guys learn?
1: Yeah, so I want to give credit to United Way of Southeast Michigan and Forgotten Harvest for co-convening this town hall with gleaners. Um, The idea really started with United Way as they're looking at the holiday season and things coming to them in terms of what people are needing. And, And what we learned at the town hall reinforced what we expected to some degree, and that is there are more people coming to pantries, more people are coming to the the places that they can get food, and uh, and it's more than it has been really since the height of the pandemic. So so that wasn't a surprise, but it did confirm that we really need to actively work at getting more food to our community mm. as more people are showing up. We also learned that you know our our community of service providers. Really appreciates t- spending time together to plan and and work on what's the next thing and uh, and they encourage us to do even more of this sort of thing so that we are not just being reactive and and that's that's especially important when we know that the resourcing for for what people need isn't connected directly to what people need. The resources, the incoming food, goes up and down, up and down. Well, we see a significant increase in need, but the food that we get isn't going up. So, how do we manage that together? And we talked about 211 and how important mm. it is for people to know how to use that resource. We also talked about the websites where information is available. And and again, the United Way has that. Forgotten Harvest has that. Gleaners has that. You go to any one of our websites and you can find a place. To get food. And so, for our listeners who might be struggling, know to call 211. There is food somewhere, right? There is food somewhere, and we want to make sure you get it. 211 is really important. I think the last thing I would say that we learned is the significance of continuing to work together Hmm. you know there's so much more power in in working together than there is in working alone and i i think one of the things that that you say doctor that i think really resonates from this town hall is if you want to go fast go by yourself but if you want to go far go with others and, uh, and I'm inspired by the people we work with. Um, and, and I want to just say one thing to our to our listeners. Somebody asked me, Jerry, you know, has, has anything changed? Is anything different than the way it used to be? And here's, here's what I want to say. I've been at this for 35 years or so. When I started in this work, there were a handful of partners distributing eight or nine million pounds of food a year, whatever food they could get right sometimes all we could get was pop tarts but the bottom line is that's how it worked then last year Gleaners and Forgotten Harvests combined just the two food banks did 100 million pounds of food pretty close to that anyway and not only just any food but healthy food, food that's predominantly nutritious, and food that people want and need. When I first started in this work, if you needed food, there was hardly anywhere to go. And you might have to get a ride for 30 miles to hmm. find a pantry that could give you something, anything. Now, if you need food and you call 211, there will be a place you can get food. That did not used to be. Those system changes happened because of the hard work of these partners that we're talking about and that we convened in this town hall. Things have changed. Things have gotten significantly better for our community. And I just want to remind people, this isn't a waste of time. We are making a huge impact. Thanks, Jerry. It's time for a little food for thought. Fame and trusted
0: journalist Walter Cronkite ended the news each night with this familiar line, that's the way it is. That's a heavy responsibility to define reality and work to change it. Jerry, me, my team at Food Bank Council of Michigan, our board of directors, along with the team members of all the food banks, strive every day to change reality for people who are living under the toxic stress of food insecurity. We all want to be like a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer takes the temperature, but a thermostat sets the temperature. I want to be able to do something, not just observe it. And I think you do too. So help us by giving of your time, talent, and treasure to change things for the better, like Jerry just talked about. Like so many are promising to do at election time. We know how. We start by putting and keeping Food First. Folks, Food First. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by
1: the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.